The Tennessee Titans have found their man, Brian Callahan, named head coach of the team. Who's got play calling duties there? Raiders make it official as well, retaining Antonio Pierce now as full-time head coach. All of the head coach coordinator news coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those mailbag questions in for tomorrow there on Twitter or Drop a question in the YouTube comments. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Love the YouTubers already subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. We're talking coaches today, Matt. And a big official hire. Well, two official hirings. One, we kind of had a feeling. Interim named full-time head coach now, Antonio Pierce, the Raiders. But I want to start with the latest, which is the Tennessee Titans going on the offensive side of the ball, going with the younger offensive coach after the uh, the not old but old school defensive minded head coach, and you see that a lot in the NFL. They go offense to defense. They go uh, brainiac play caller guy that doesn't work out to overseer CEO type. You see the defensive coach gets fired. They go with the offensive head coach, and that's exactly what happened with the Tennessee Titans here, going with Brian Callahan as their new head coach. Yeah, and. <laughs> I wish I had all kinds of great things or terrible things to say about him. I don't know a ton. I mean, he has a good reputation. Um, I, I think we all expected a young offensive minded hire and we got that whether it's Levis or quarterbacks down the road. I think they wanted a different style of offensive uh, of head coach in general, but certainly developer of quarterbacks and he did a really good job with Browning and he certainly has contributed with Burrow and they've had a good offense although this past year it's kind of hard to judge I mean it's the weirdest Cincinnati season you know their defense fell apart they lost their quarterback and then you know you're hiring off that staff I find that a little odd but you know I I get it I mean I, I figured this would be the style of coach they were going after Son of Bill Callahan, right? So football is a family business there. He knows the offensive side of the football. And according to Tom Pelissero of NFL.com, NFL Network, basically came in for the second interview, and you hear a lot about that. It's like you don't want to let the guy out of the building. And we've we've seen so many second interviews happen around the league. More on that in a moment, especially the Mm -hmm. Atlanta Falcons going crazy on second interviews where guys were let out of the building. So either the guys didn't want to take the job that was being offered them or – they want to be thorough and, and interview everybody, and they're not worried about that head coach candidate going to another building and not being let out of that building. So that's that's interesting how long some of these jobs are taking with how many candidates are out there and how many interviews have already happened. Um, Does it feel like there's more interviews than ever? You know, like yeah. Atlanta just keeps interviewing people. I and mean, like there's just so many guys getting interviewed at so many places. Maybe I'm wrong, but we're sitting here on what, the 23rd of January, and right. most of the jobs are still open, and there was only... I think one job f- filled right until 
Until yeah, they're not that happening. Because Pierce, Pierce, you know, was the interim guy and and was held on to. I don't talk more about Antonio Pierce. I think it was absolutely the right call for the Las Vegas Raiders there. But Gerard Mayo was an in-house guy. This is the first outside head coach that has been hired in the entire cycle. Still have five wide open jobs in the NFL. So it feels like this is going a lot slower. Maybe it's because there's so many open jobs, but there's a lot of really good candidates too. And I would think some teams out there are trying really hard to close the deal with some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is everyone fighting for Harbaugh and Belichick? Is um, are they waiting on Lions OC, Ravens DC? I mean, I, I have think a feeling that you you. Yeah. I think you nailed exactly what it is. Um, I, yeah, I think it's teams are waiting for those big dominoes to fall first. The the Belichick Harbaugh hires, and then they can move on to their next candidates. And I just think it's you need that face to face, and they got to wait until. Super Bowl week or until the season is over for uh, Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator of the Ravens, or, uh, you know, the the Lions offensive coordinators who's, who's interviewed everywhere, right? He's super popular. I think he's number one-ish on a lot of these lists, and I, that has to be it, right? They're waiting for those guys that are still playing playoff games. So the Raiders fell now, the Titans fell, Patriots already made their hire. So that leaves five, right? I mean, it's off the top of my head here. We got Washington, Seattle, Chargers, Panthers, Falcons. Correct. Yes. So that's five. Okay. Eight openings. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, A third of the, you know, a quarter, quarter of the of league, league. <laughs> right? Yeah, I always want to say a third of the league, a quarter of the league, not quite a third. That's a lot, though. A quarter of the league changed and eight jobs open and only three of those closed. Two of those in-house hires with Gerard Mayo and Antonio Pierce. So um, one more note here on on Brian Callahan before we get to some of the other open jobs and some yeah, of the I definitely want to court conditions that are open as well. What's going on in, in Philadelphia? Um, but to wrap up the the Brian Callahan hire for the Tennessee Titans, former Bengals offensive coordinator. And it looks like Brian Callahan will call the plays for the Tennessee Titans. So he's going to be the head coach and play caller. And this is interesting because Zach Taylor had some comment about Callahan's lack of play calling. Cause you see this a lot is, uh, and we saw it with uh, Mike McDaniel and he was, you know, Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man for a decade and never called plays because Kyle Shanahan's the play caller, but he's, got a big part in game planning and everything and then he gets the head coach job he has to become head coach just so he can start calling his own plays and we've seen that in in miami uh this is what the uh the head coach in cincinnati zach taylor said about callahan's lack of play calling he said quote that's just people that don't actually know he needs to call plays why nobody can say that it's something people parrot out there he's been the coordinator here for five years he coordinates everything having to do with it he establishes the whole structure of our offense on game day he and i are in constant communication that is that is calling plays that is establishing an offense he knows everything i go through on a daily basis as a head coach he and i both he's as prepared as anybody can be prepared for it so um and that you know scripts are part of play calling and that has probably come up together between uh, an OC maybe that doesn't even call plays and the actual play caller on game day. So sequency coming up with the plays, which, you know, building the actual call sheet, knowing what the plan is, maybe it's almost paint by numbers at that point for some coaches. It's on the sheet. Let's go. Second and eight. Well, I got a mm-hmm. second and eight play. We already decided what that's going to be. So the play calling is, is almost um, elementary at that point, potentially. 
Yeah, it's an interesting way of putting it. And the more I think about this fit in this hire, I think it's a real ringing endorsement from Tennessee ownership that they love Rand Carthon. You know, like Carthon and Vrabel didn't really see the eye to eye. I think there was a slight power struggle there. With all respect to Callahan, at his age, with his resume, he's not going to challenge the GM. He's just going to coach the team. And real quick on the play calling, maybe he's a whiz kid. I mean, by all accounts, that's why you're hiring him. Develop Levis, you know, be a great play designer, offensive guru. Great. But I will say, I mean, this even happens to Andy Reid, that sometimes it's hard to be a head coach and a play caller if you've been doing it for 30 years. I mean, just... Do I call a timeout now? I'm sitting here thinking about what the next play is. It's just a lot on game day and also throughout the week, you know, game planning. No doubt. And so he has to get his, his Brian Callahan now, you know, because he's Zach Taylor, right? right? right. He's going to be calling the place and he's to get somebody to help him game plan and do all those things. And, and so staffs, of course, that guy going to be 22 years old or, yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of change over here. Do you, you need somebody to help you out. You need an assistant head coach. And so, um, Head coach is just the first part of it, and they've got to complete those staffs now, and that's usually a big part of those interviews as well. It's like, okay, who's your staff? Who are you bringing with you? What is your process going to be? Um, because it's it's not a one-man show in those NFL buildings. There's so much going on, so much time, and so much tape watching that needs to happen that you can't shortcut. Uh, and you need a lot of really good people that are together um, bringing those offenses and defenses together. So Tennessee Titans hire Brian Callahan. Hard to know exactly how that's going to go right now, but um, they seem to like him. He wasn't the hottest name out there, but his name was out there. Interesting one. Uh, and I think you're right about Rand Carthon is he gets to hire his guy now. So now there's a working relationship. But when you think about Vrabel, if there was like a power struggle with Carthon and Vrabel, they just brought him in. Like Vrabel was part of bringing in that GM because he just had a power struggle with the old GM. So you yeah, start right, right. Well, who's the constant here if if every Maybe single one guy's year, hard to deal with. Yeah. The GM is the head coach can't get along with him. So uh, anyway, Brian Callahan, new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk Raiders, Pierce, um, the Eagles hunting again now for new offensive and defensive coordinators for the second straight year. Notes on all the rest of the job openings as well. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And now that we are approaching championship Sunday, there is tons of ways to bet on not only that game, but the game a couple weeks later as well. Tons of NFL bets at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, draft props. I love me some parlays. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose on that first $5 bet for new customers at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Make that first bet a layup. And the app is super easy to use. Love the website interface. Live same game parlays. There's a new explore tab to find bets in any sport out there, not just NFL. I mean, I, I do mean any sport you can think of out there. You can get involved at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Raiders and Antonio Pierce, they had some interviews, but in the end, it didn't seem like they were too hot on anybody's trail. If I'm not mistaken, they never interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Is that correct? I don't think so. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, did that ever happen or not? I don't think so. 
Yeah. So uh, anyway, Antonio Pierce, it kind of felt like that's the way it had to go. Uh, you know, he obviously owned the locker room as interim head coach. Uh, you got to fill out his staff now as well around him because he's not, uh, you know, speaking of play callers, he, you know, he, he's not going to be the play caller on, on either side of the ball. Maybe he is going to take over play calling duties on defense. I don't know. I, it's not been his his thing. He is the mm-hmm. he's the overseer. He is the the CEO. Um, and, uh, uh, and and I don't want to limit what Antonio Pierce can do as part of the organization. Right. But um, his leadership is what got him this head coaching job. It is what got the the Raiders pointed in the right direction last season when he took over as interim coach. And uh, I think it's, it's the fire that it's a hire that has to happen. And now Max Crosby doesn't have to request a trade, which he said he was going to do if they don't hire Antonio Pierce. That's how much they like them in the locker room. When your best player says that, I think you got to take notice of your ownership. I think Devontae Adams said some certainly backed him as well. There's been ringing endorsement from the players which frankly is not a good enough reason to make a huge decision like this, but it certainly is in the good column, you know, good versus bad. They were five and four with him taking over and a noticeably different, better, more energetic team, especially the defense. I don't think that's a talented defense at all, but they played like a top five unit when he took over. So all those things have immense value and maybe he's the next, Harbaugh, Tomlin, you know, Vrabel, you know, young guy that lasts forever, who's not, um, you know, totally on defense or totally on offense or whatever, more of a CEO like you mentioned. I do have concerns, though. You know, I mean, he's been a head coach for nine games. He's been a coach, period, for like two or three years. I mean, like, (laughs) he hasn't done this profession very long at all. And I'm going to say this about all hiring young defensive-ish hope, you know, head coaches. Who's your OC? You know, you mentioned that in the first segment. Like, you better come to me with a pretty strong OC slash staff because chances are if you do a great job hiring your offensive coordinator, he's only going to be here a year or two, and then you're going to have to do it again. You know, like, it, that's a concern to me when you hire a young defensive head coach. According to reports, Pierce is trying to retain defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who's got some head coach interviews of his yeah, own. I think he did interview the head coach too. job for Raiders as well. Uh, but so it, they could keep largely the same defensive staff, which is mm-hmm. a great start. But I think a lot of the offensive coaches are already gone. I know they lost their offensive line coach and uh, a bunch of other assistant coaches as well. So it's going to be a whole new operation on the offensive side of the ball. And obviously that was Josh McDaniel's group to start with. So that shouldn't be surprising. No, it shouldn't. And I'm not throwing cold water at all on this hire. I'm excited as could be about it. But you don't have an offensive staff, you don't have a quarterback, and you're not super talented. I mean, like, this could go really bad, whether he's a good coach or not. (laughs) Pretty important. important. And they could lose more games next year, even if they're coached better, too, just because of that factor and, and how things go on the offensive side of the ball. And then maybe you lose that extra juice that you had you know, that, that we've seen can be a very short-term thing with an interim head coach and, and the leadership thing, and that wears off if you start losing games and you're just under-talented. Uh, yeah. So interesting there, and but you, know, I'm, you can't dislike the hire with, with the way we saw. I mean, and that was a good sample. It wasn't three games. That was, no, right. was nine. half a season. Right, and this is going to happen to everyone. I mean, this is going to happen to the new coach in Tennessee, et cetera, but all the – exuberance from his team will fall off him immediately when he looks like he can't handle what to do in fourth down or doesn't know how to do handle a training camp practice. Or as, as soon as he looks over his, uh, looks in over his head, 
And this is the same as Tennessee. I mean, these are young guys that haven't done it, and that's the challenge of all new head coaches. It's a bigger job than you or I or Pierce or any of these people think. And the Belichicks and Reeds understand that, you know, whether whether they've overstayed their welcome or not. Dealing with the media. I mean, if, if, if these guys at their opening press conference tomorrow or whatever, if they bumble and fumble, all of a sudden the arrows are going to start flying. It's just the way it is. It's a brutal job. Yeah. And, and with so many of these, you know, we're, we're kind of reporting on the news and reacting to it, but you really don't know. And you, you got to see how it takes shape. That's kind of no important. You just don't know. Maybe he's the next Bill Belichick. Uh, maybe Brian Callahan is the next Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, you know, son of a coach kind of thing. Uh, maybe they both are fired. And we're talking about those openings in 12 months. We have no idea how that's going to go. Uh, but, I, meant to know, mention, I meant to mention this earlier. I apologize. But I love that he's the son of a coach. You know, I'm sure he had to move his whole life, his family, his wife, his parents, his great, you know, his children probably understand the lifestyle. You know, it's not a culture shock to them. Daddy used to be up on a podium getting yelled at. He would you know, fire this guy. His name's in the paper and go to school and. You know, people aren't nice to you because your dad had a bad game call and plays or something. Like, at least he's yeah. been down that road, you know? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, how about this one? This one kind of makes me feel old. Uh, Dan Morgan, former linebacker. <laughs> yeah, he was really GM good. Of the Carolina Panthers. So David Tepper has his GM that is leading this coaching search and uh, tons of candidates there that we're hearing about for the uh, for the, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, doesn't really sound like there's one that's close there, though. No, I I love Dan Morgan as a player. It does make me feel old. He was I remember him at the U. I remember reading his draft profiles from you know Mel Kuyper when he yeah. came out. Like, you know, so, so there you have it, you know. Fascinating in Philadelphia. Did they number I'm eleven sorry. pick in the two thousand one draft? I was trying to think. Because like I was a pit okay. shortly after and we used to play against the U in the Big East, and I know Morgan was there a little before we played them. I played him like in the Vilma eras. We played against them, but wow, I, I can't. Yeah, believe I mean, he, he was a monster, yeah. big, athletic. He was top ten pick. He was the number eleven pick in the two thousand one draft. Eleven and number one, or in two thousand. Yeah. Okay, yeah, seven seasons in the NFL, all with the Panthers. Good career, I think. Yeah, uh, for when I remember, I think concussions derailed him. Mm. What, what, what are the Philadelphia Eagles maker. doing, Matt? I, I think we got to answer that oh. question next. Uh, some notes on some other uh, coordinators and uh, head coach job openings as well coming up. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson brought to you in part by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sporting events, NFL games, music, comedy, uh, theater events, concerts, whatever it is near you, Game Time has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes all of the guesswork out of buying tickets. And right now, all users, not just new users, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Head to the big game, go to the Game Time app, use code VEGAS100, and get $100 off that Big game ticket. Love the last minute deals, um, late deals, even up to an hour after the start of an event, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, you name it. You can find the tickets at game time. So take the, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off big game tickets with code Vegas 
100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app. Use code Vegas100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the big game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Did offensive coordinator Brian Johnson and you know the the, the group of defensive uh, coaches there? Yeah. Uh, uh, did they get enough of an opportunity? Um, is this a knee-jerk reaction from Jeffrey Lurie ownership, uh, Nick Sirianni, the head coach, uh, on down in the organization? Because you know Sean Desai was there, and then they they relieved him of, of play calling duties, and then yeah. I mean, it, it was just a really odd season for the Philadelphia Eagles and how quickly things fell apart. And they're blaming it on the they're pointing at the coordinators, right? And and Sirianni better choose the right coordinators this year because yeah. he's going to be the one they're pointing at if this happens again next year. OC and DC jobs now open for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I get the impression Sirianni's seat is now hot. You know, like, yes. okay, you're going to be back, but you're going in with a hot seat and you better make great coordinator changes and or, you know, hires. We need to get back to where we were. The standard there is going to be very high. It's not going to be, hey, sneak us back into the playoffs and we'll call that a successful year, even though their roster is getting a little worse. It's hard to maintain a Super Bowl caliber roster for five, six, seven years. Maybe the Bills are about to experience such a thing. Um, I think it's apparent that the Cardinals and Colts got two very good coaches and we, me especially underestimated those losses last off season. You, you kind of think, Oh, the Eagles will be fine. They got a good D line. They got Kelsey. They got Lane Johnson hurts. It'll be okay. But you lose two really, really good coordinators that look like they're going to be good head coaches. That's really, really hard to overcome. Um, but rarely do I say this. I mean, during their slide, they looked like a poorly coached football team. They, they looked like they didn't practice hard. They had bad pad level, awful tackling. You could say, boy, they don't have many good players on the back seven, but their effort and angles and aggression certainly didn't translate. They had all kinds of issues trying to pick up blitzes, you know, like things like that that just flat out reflect on a coordinator or a coach. like. We're blitzing hurts and he has no hots or no answers, you're gonna lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think no answers is the way to put it. No answers. There was yeah. no answers in-house. There was no answers for the quarterback. There was no answers on how to fix those, like how to answer those questions, right? There's yeah, right. No answer for for anything, and they fell apart. They didn't know what to do. They're like they were the, the one seed, the best team in the NFL. Two weeks later, they're changing defensive play callers. Uh, I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, Me neither. Uh, you had to believe probably early on in the process, they were like, oh, no, maybe this coordinator thing is is it going to be more of a problem. Because remember how they won all those short, all those close games earlier on in the year, and they didn't really look great. And it was like, ah, oh, this is just a good team and winning close games. And it was like, oh, actually, no, they were kind of struggling all year, but they were winning those games. Then it kind of all just fell apart. It really did. I mean, you said you kind of mentioned something like, I, I don't remember anything like it. Like, I can remember, you know, we've been watching football for a thousand years or commenting on it for a thousand years. You could be like, well, they had two really bad injuries. They lost their defensive stud and their quarterback. And the second half of the season was a disaster. Okay. Right. And not that the Eagles were perfectly clean in injuries, but they just looked like a different football team. I mean, they did not at all resemble what we had come to know they are, you know? 
Oh, and and think about where the stock was for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni before the season started. And that's supposed to be, you know, you have that marriage of great head coach, great quarterback. You're supposed yeah. to be able to overcome some of those other things uh, roster-wise and, uh, you know, coaching-wise. Because when you're a good team, you're going to get poached. And it fell apart. And, oh, by the way, like, nobody wants to blame Hurts. And I'm not even saying I'm super worried about him. But they just gave him a huge contract. And... I don't know how you ignore that, you know? I mean, so while you were talking there, I just did a real quick search and I did EPA from weeks 11 till the end of the season, which is when their losing streak started. The only defenses that were worse than the Eagles are Seattle, the Cardinals and Washington. I mean, like that's bottom of the league and Washington and the Cardinals don't have any good players on that side of the ball. Um, a couple the more offense notes. at least was above average. I mean, it right. at least was somewhat respectable. Yes. You know? And then they, I mean, they had their own problems too. Uh, once they lost AJ Brown, it was almost like, well, that's it. We're not yeah. we're supposed to do this now, uh, which yeah, obviously is something that they can't happen with how good their offensive line is too. So um, I'm going to do the no answers like, okay, something bad happened to you. Something happens to every bad to every team, but have some kind of answer. Don't just throw your hands up in the air. Like, well, well I guess we're going to lose, you know? So, Reports out of or out of Atlanta are that it's not Belichick or bust there. They had Belichick for a second interview, had Harbaugh in for a second interview. Now they're doing more second interviews with um, Raheem Morris, who's popular right now. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, I think a second interview with Washington as well. Then um, there is Bobby Slowick is also having a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons. So. Um, you know, some of these in-person interviews now, especially for some of the coaches that were that were in the playoffs. And so maybe the maybe the Falcons really aren't hard after, you know, one of those whales that that we had talked about. And then now Jim Harbaugh going on a second interview with the Los Angeles Chargers that Matt, you and I both thought that was probably one of the best fits there. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben Johnson, as we mentioned, uh, Lions OCs in the NFC championship game. He's popular with a lot of jobs, including Washington's. Uh, Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator as well, is, is a popular target with a lot of jobs. So I have a feeling there's a, um, there's a lot. I would say Belichick, Harbaugh, Johnson is really what we're waiting on here. Because I think they, yeah. those three guys are probably number one on some team's list, maybe multiple team's list. And nobody's ready to move on to the second guy until their first guy's gone. So real quick, I want to talk about Slowick because – meteoric rise almost too fast you know like johnson was here a year ago like it seems like another year before you should really be a candidate do some interviewing you know stock probably went down a little this past weekend although the expectations shouldn't have been sky high that they were gonna you know walk into baltimore and blow them out or anything but there's only five spots and if we musical chair it i think the titans hire today really hurts Slowick. Like, I thought that's a spot he could land. If there's only five jobs, I guess we don't know this for a fact, but I sure like the chances of Rabel, Harbaugh, Belichick, Johnson getting four of the five, and McDonald seems like a really strong candidate for the other. I mean, could Vrabel go to the booth for a year or something like that? I don't know. Um, So... They're filling kind of quick is my point. You know, like when the right. Pierces and Callahan start taking them and none of the whales have grabbed them yet, 
where do the whales land? You know, yeah, the Texans might squeak out of here and hold on to Sloak for one more mm-hmm. year. Yeah, he's kind of one year behind where Ben Johnson is. And if the, the Texans do what they did again and he's had his second full season as the offensive coordinator there, he'll be Ben Johnson next year and everyone's going to have him in and he'll be the number one or two candidate on everybody's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and we'll see. Stroud looks like a star. And, right, right. Yeah. And, and, and Raheem Morris is another one that might get that shot. He's been an offensive coach, he's been a defensive coach, he's been a head coach. He's still relatively young because of, uh, you know, how. Yeah fast he rose early in his coaching career he's been with McVay he's been with Shanahan's he you know so he's got a really interesting resume Raheem Morris does currently defense coordinator of the Rams and and he's going on a tour of second interviews as well so maybe there's maybe there's some whales that don't have jobs this year Matt mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Morris because not that I know him or I'm best friends with Mike Tomlin or anything like that, but Mike Tomlin's best friend in coaching is Raheem Morris. And on the air, on on the record, off the record, he just raves about this guy could be he's in a great situation, but he could be a star. He's a superstar head coach. So I'm kind of rooting for him. Question to you though, if let's say the Ravens win the Super Bowl, if you're McDonald, would you rather run it back or go be the Panthers head coach? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah. One of those five jobs is Carolina, and I don't know that I want it. Or if Harbaugh leaves, maybe McDonald takes the Michigan job. I don't, you know, or something like that. It's, he was the coordinator there a little bit ago. Yeah, it's fair to ask the question: Is being the Ravens' defensive coordinator better than being the? And the Panthers fans are going to get mad at us. They're going to be in the, uh, right. you know, the YouTube comments, but that's that's where your ownership has has put this thing right now. Um, like Spagnolo is a great example. Would you rather be yeah. Steve Spagnolo and be Andy Reid's right hand man and have a bunch of rings? Ultimate job. Try to, yeah, or go yeah. try to rebuild the Panthers. Because that you better get it paid a lot, and you better not have offsets in your contract because you could be one and done, two and done. And now mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I'm out of a job, and I had this great defensive coordinator job. Now I got to go back and find a, another defensive coordinator job in a year or two that's not as good as the defense coordinator job I had before. Right, right. So like, it's something to think yeah, about. It. But, you, it, but money, money talks as well. Money talks. And so, oh, yeah, and Carolina's got that. I mean, you yeah, will be rich. There's a difference between what the Carolina head coach gets paid and what the Ravens defense Charter. coordinator gets paid. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. And even <laughs> like Frank Reich, I'm sure, is sitting on a beach right now listening, ah, should I be an offense coordinator or not? I got a lot of money in the bank, and life is pretty good. Fascinating. Oh, yeah, and then there's those whispers of Andy Reid over the weekend potentially being close to the end men maybe has a decision to make at some point and uh and so out of you. there be another whale on the market uh probably not but we'll see uh fascinating stuff out there and of course matt and i as we do we'll have it covered for you every single day here on peacock and williamson get those mailbag questions in championship weekend questions draft questions wherever your team is in this nfl postseason offseason drop us your questions at beating peacock at Williamson NFL on the socials or drop a question in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.